It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olivia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. It is the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA 509-547-1610 is our phone number. Be email 610KONA.com, bottom line page, your name where you're listening, what you'd like to say. On Twitter, bottom line 610, parlor, the bottom line 610, and our mobile app, free through the Google Play and Apple stores. Robin Ed with you, and uh, well, what we heard from Governor Inslee not a major impact on us at this point in time. It does impact some. He didn't get into a lot of details on what is affected. Uh, there are some businesses that we have here that have been pushed further down the line, um, that have been moved into later phases that were initially either yeah. moved up into other phases. Um, you know, so like, for example, things like card rooms were moved from phase three to phase two, and then they got moved to phase four today. Yeah, and I mean, th- these these are going to have more immediate impacts on those counties that are in two and especially three. Um, Benton and Franklin and Yakima County, not a whole lot is going to change. Right. Um, it, you know, really at all, because the, the, the state health department has like an agreement uh, with those three counties uh, to, you know, you can open X at this capacity and you need to do, uh, you know, mask uh, surveys and, and things right. like that. So it really, if you know, the, the, the phase two and three counties uh, and even like you said, even uh, what was announced didn't seem like a huge move scaling back a little bit on indoor um, gatherings Anything that's an indoor activity, yeah. So it, it it doesn't it doesn't hit shopping. It does. It sounded like it didn't affect restaurants um, in the phases that they're in, but it sounded like anything that would be considered a leisure activity um, got hit and and may have been adjusted. Now for us. Um, while it, it it doesn't have an overall impact on where we're sitting right now, it does have an impact for if we move forward. Not if, when. Okay. <laughs> if we move forward before before 2025. Okay, now that's it, a better question. If we yeah. move forward, <laughs> it will impact some of these industries that thought they could open earlier but will not be able to because of what came down today. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. This is Matt from Goldendale. What's up, Matt? I just think it's kind of ironic that right on the heels of a new stimulus package vote that uh, he's uh, putting the screws down on us so we can't do anything anymore. And it's obvious that his uh, last uh, mask mandate, everybody has to wear a mask. And he's saying that all the... The cases of COVID are going up. So if we have to wear a mask and the cases of COVID are going up, that means that it didn't work. Is, is that, am I wrong or right or what? Well, that takes into consideration that everybody's listening. 
and everybody's yeah. doing it, and you can't, and that's not happening. Not, I mean, you can't assume that every single person is is going to wear a mask, and every single person is going to follow it because they're not. Now, we've also seen a little bit of, you know, we've seen some extracurricular activities on the west side of the state recently. <laughs> that um, outdoor activities is out, that what you're saying? Yes, we've seen some <laughs> some outdoor activities uh, in in Seattle again. Uh, to where you know they've uh, they, they've been doing some things they probably shouldn't be. Which, by the way, the governor didn't address that in his press conference. Yeah, uh, yeah just wa- finger wagged again and, and didn't address that part of it. So I guess you don't finger wag people that are firebombing things and and so on and so forth. But uh, you know, busting the business not if they're potential voters. Stuff. Well, I don't think they are. That's the thing. They're not, but they may have empathizers that are potential voters. Yeah. And and that's anyway. that's really it. Yes, he doesn't care about the small business voter, apparently, or anything like that. But here's here's that, that going down a different trail. Here's the here's the thing I, I think might be wise for people to do uh, in our listening audience. You know, we we do it, it is more than just Benton and Franklin County, and we know that there's a lot of counties out there. Uh, some are in. Uh, phase two and maybe even a few phase threes out there in the uh, very rural parts of our audience. The thing to remember is keep it local. And by that, I mean, concentrate on what's going on in your town, your county, your region, because as much as Governor Inslee does these changes to mandates and all this stuff, it's really about the response locally. For example, Benton and Franklin County has seen a considerable amount uh, increase in mask usage in the last few weeks. They've done surveys. Uh, the next uh, survey result, well, we're in we're in that observation point now. So probably maybe tomorrow, but early next week, I imagine we'll get the latest. But we're in the mid to upper ninety percent range when we're in grocery stores at least, and that gives you some indication. We are starting to see a little bit of a leveling off on case counts in Benton Franklin counties. Hopefully those stay a trend. Two and days in a row. They look so better, I should say better. Doesn't matter if you're in Yakima County listening, if you're in Grant County, Walla Walla County, anywhere, wherever you are, concentrate on the data from your county or by county health district and do those things that you can control. Um, I'm not, well, I was going to say I'm not advocating for not listening to the governor, not this time anyway, uh, but keep some perspective, I guess, is my point. Well, that's about the best way you can put it is, is keep some perspective, um, you know, figure out exactly it is because everybody's going to figure out to a degree how they're going to navigate through all this. Mm-hmm. It's not getting easier. Uh, regardless of the fact there is some positive news on sides of this, we, you don't ever hear it from the governor. Uh, everything's always getting worse or, or we're, you know, we're doing this small little thing. Here's your attaboy. But, you know, if you do this, you're going to kill everybody's grandmother. There's no positives from him. Even though there's positives out there in the news cycle and there are some advancements being made, you wouldn't know it by listening to him. Um, are we going to get through this by the end of the year? I have no idea. I really don't. It depends on the vaccines and the testing yeah. and, and everything else and how that comes along. But ultimately, um, if we begin to see more progress, 
hopefully we don't wind up getting stuck in this modified phase one for another month. If we continue to see the progress that we have over the last couple of days, hopefully we see progress. We, we see us move into a phase two. Um, but, in the next few weeks. I mean, there's a hold yeah, until some, the end of this month. But, right, but something's got to Soon get, after, into I mean, August. Yeah, we got another another eight days in this month, but you would hope within the first couple of weeks of August we can move forward to Phase 2, when, of course, two months ago everybody thought we were going to be in a Phase 4 in August. So, yeah. you know, all we can do is, is, is keep doing what we can do to try and tamp this thing down the best way we know how to do it. Because I'm ready for COVID to be a distant memory. I'm sure many other people are as well. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610, KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 at KONA. It's Thursday afternoon. Robin Ed hanging with you. Want to welcome to the program Robert Bordner. He is the owner of Slidewaters. And Mr. Bordner, along with the Freedom Foundation, are actively involved in a lawsuit against Governor Inslee over uh, some of his COVID-19 proclamations, specifically uh, those that impact small businesses. Mr. Bordner, thank you for your time this afternoon. We appreciate it. No, thanks for having me, Rob. I'm glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about Slidewaters. For those of uh, for our listeners who may not be aware of your business, tell us a little bit about it, where you are, uh, and why this lawsuit you decided to pursue and why it's so important. Yeah, so Slidewaters, family-owned and operated business, has been in business since 1983. Uh, my cousin and I have owned it since 2008. Uh, we see uh, about 150 seasonal employees that were all let go on Monday after we had to reshut down. And we are a staple in the Chelan Valley. So we're right on the shores of Lake Chelan. And as you know, people in Washington know it's a hot tourist spot. And we're happy to host families all summer long. It's a short season, but Memorial Day to Labor Day. And we've been doing that for about 38 summers. So, Mr. Bordner, let me ask you, when you, as we're going through this COVID thing, obviously things started kicking into play in spring. Obviously, it affected your business plan to a degree to looking at, okay, can we open? Can we do this? What are we going to, what's going to impact us? You decide to go ahead. You're going to do this because of the people you employ, because of the short season. And because, let's face it, there's a lot of people out there that want to do something other than worry about COVID-19. So, Take us through the the journey to opening up and then uh, culminating in the lawsuit. Yeah, so we, uh, like everyone, you know, spring's moving along and we're making our plans. Um, and we're definitely impacted with our preseason sales and we knew it was going to impact us. Um, closer you get, the more you realize this is not going away in time for our season to start. But we started implementing our plans and putting into what was going to need to take place to operate a safe business in uh, this during this pandemic. And we were ready to go with that. But uh, opening day, Memorial Day weekend came and went. We weren't at a spot where we were able to open based on our phase and what was going on. Um, and that continued to progress. And at some point, we we're realizing, hey, we're losing too much of the season. Um, what are we going to need to do to be able to defend our rights to operate our business? And we partnered up with the Freedom Foundation at that point 
and they walked us through this process of uh, taking on the government uh, for overreaching, for shutting down small businesses and in, impacting livelihoods, not only of small business owners, but all the people they employ, the people that want to come enjoy their businesses. Um, so we partnered up with them and uh, to try to get uh, outside of the governor's orders to shut down. We wanted to be able to operate our business, and we felt like we were prepared to do that. We even got as far as getting permission from our local health district. They deemed that we were safe, we were ready, and that we could operate a safe business. So when they did that, we went ahead with the go-ahead. We opened June 20th, and we operated for 30 days. Um, And then last week, the governor came um, after our case got dismissed and hit us with a a fine through L&I, saying we weren't allowed to be open, threatening criminal prosecution and imprisonment for my cousin and I. And at that point, we had to back up, close the park, and continue our battle. We've put uh, every appeal possible we've moved forward with, but we had to close the doors on Monday, um, lay off 150 people while we continue our fight, but with closed doors. We're talking with Robert Bordner. He is co-owner of Slidewaters in the Chelan area here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Uh, Mr. Bordner, I, I guess uh, playing devil's advocate, if I could, there's going to mm-hmm. be people out there that say, why why fight this? Why did you try to uh, reopen uh, without uh, jumping through all the hoops and you just kind of set yourself up uh, to, you know, potentially lose? What would you say to those people? Yeah, I get the other side of the coin here, um, but what we feel like we're offering is a valuable business to the young people that we employ and to our community. Um, we're taxpaying uh, business owners and it's important not only for us, but for other small businesses to get going, right? We can't sit and close it all down. Uh, small business is the, is the lifeblood that moves the taxes. That pay, We pay our taxes. We keep the state running. Um, so to just think that you can shut things down and everything's going to be hunky-dory and fine is unrealistic. So we knew the importance of keeping people employed, doing our part to contribute to the economy uh, moving forward. But we also knew that we are – We're providing a family fun, safe place to come. And as you mentioned earlier, everyone's been cooped up, locked up, and things are getting worse for people as they're just staying home and staying away from other people. We need to get back to great outdoor activities, enjoying the beautiful summers we get here in Washington, giving families the opportunity to relate to each other, build a relationship, be encouraged and uplifted by fun things like a water park, going out on the river, going to the lake. These are things that need to happen for the livelihoods of everybody to lift the spirits and give people the opportunity to rebuild and move forward. Now, mentioned earlier, you were dealt a legal setback, and you are working uh, in conjunction with the Freedom Foundation. Where does your case stand at this moment? Yeah, so we appealed the official case that we've appealed, and we lost it at federal court in Spokane, has been moved to the Ninth Circuit. Uh, we don't have a timetable of when it'll be heard next, but we're trying to expedite it as soon as possible. Obviously, we're a seasonal business. Things are going to be wrapping up for us. Um, they always do on Labor Day. So uh, we only ha- we're just past what would normally be our halfway point, um, even though we've only had 30 of our standard 100-day operating season. And we're talking with Robert Bordner, the owner of uh, one of the owners of Slidewaters in Chelan here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. So, Mr. Bordner, let me ask you, because I don't recall if you mentioned this or not, but mm-hmm. when you were preparing to open, I'm sure you put together a plan. You submitted that plan to the Chelan County 
uh, health department so that they yep. could take a look at it, went through all this stuff. And, I mean, it's not like you turned around and decided, you know, let's just throw this to the wind and open. No, we actually think we can do this in a safe manner and control the environment so that people can come and we can employ we can keep our employees going. And even though we may not make what we do, do in a normal summer, we'll still be able to make something. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we went through that process when we lost our TRO hearing in the middle of June. Then I turned back um, to going through more of the channels and I sent an email to the Department of Health asking who's going to give me the approval to open when it's finally time to happen. And they told me that that would come from the Chelan Douglas Health District. They're your ones that issue your permits. You can communicate with them. They'll approve your plan. They'll tell you when it's time to go. So I turned to them. I know those people over there. We work with them every summer. I said, "Here's my. I'm ready. I want to know who's going to approve me. What can we do? He's like, send me your plan, and I'll review it. We did that. He said, looks great. Looks like you got everything covered. I'd love to come to a site visit. I said, we're ready for you. He came up that day, did a site visit, filled out our paperwork, said approved to open, completed inspection, approved, uh, open immediately. We, that was a Thursday. We opened that Saturday. Um, in between that, the state got wind of that, and they started coming in heavy-handed and saying, no, change their mind. They don't have the approval to let you to open. Only Governor Inslee and the Secretary of Health can make those decisions. They're the only ones that have that kind of power. Um, and since then, we've been in the battle with them. But we are safe. We offer for 30 days. None of our employees got sick. We have no contact tracing coming back to any of the guests that came and enjoyed the park. And we're offering a safe place to play safe place for families to come and you come to the Chelan Valley and you look at the other parks that are happening here there's two state parks two city parks and county parks all over the area full to capacity no restrictions no restraints no supervision no COVID plan just people enjoying the parks doing their thing and no one harassing them either the government's perfectly fine with those parks operating but my park because I'm a private enterprise employing 150 young adults They've shut me down, told me I can't operate. So there's a little bit of hypocrisy, and that's one of the challenges. That's one of the reasons we want to move forward. Even though we've lost a few steps along the way, we're still appealing because we hope someone will realize the hypocrisy and the difference between what they're they're saying they can do, but I can't. Well, the governor has made a case of picking winners and losers throughout this whole thing, Mr. Bordner, and unfortunately you are caught in the crossfire. Yeah, it's a difficult spot to be, but we've got faith and hope that uh, God's got a bigger plan and we're just trying to pursue and hopefully we can get to the back end and we can find some common sense thinkers that are willing to work with us, actually show up and look and see what we're doing and realize that we are a great safe option. We know that we have the sheriff behind us. He believes that by shutting us down, it's just going to over uh, further overload the parks here. We know we have local doctors that say being outside is the best way to go, that if you shut down sidewaters, it's just going to send more people to the waterways, increased drownings during the summer. Um, and then we also know the local health district has said that we're no more contagious than the other parks. So if they're open, then sidewaters should be open. So we're just trying to take these things, pass them up the chain, hopefully sooner or later a breakthrough with some decision makers. But right now we're just getting stonewalled. No one's willing to actually have a dialogue with us. They're really just willing to tell us what to do and, and send orders down the chain, um, but no open dialogue. Robert Bordner, owner of Slidewaters, we appreciate your time this afternoon, sir, and best of luck with you and your case. Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of The Bottom Line, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA.
Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A, Thursday afternoon. Contact the guys at RoofMax today. It is definitely summer. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. And your roof is taking a beating. If you think it's time for a new one, well, don't pull the trigger just yet. Contact the guys at RoofMax. They'll come out. They'll take a look at your roof. They'll give you a free estimate. They'll even let you know if there's some small fixes they can make, and then they'll tell you all about that state-of-the-art application that they use, developed at Patel Laboratories and Ohio State University, that could give your roof another 5, 10, or 15 years without having to buy a new roof. It acts, it works with shingles like water does with grass. It replenishes, refurbishes your shingles, puts the oils in that they need to continue to protect your house. Contact RoofMax today, locally owned and operated. And by the way, that application, 15 to 20% the cost of a new roof. So contact them today. So, and a little bit earlier, we're, gonna, we're going down a whole different road here. All right. We're going to talk about something positive. We're going to talk about something cool. We're going to talk about something that isn't Jay Inslee because that is so far from positive and cool. Um, a little bit after 9 o'clock this morning, what many of us were waiting for happened. Release the Kraken. And the Kraken came to be in Seattle. I can honestly say, Ed, this is the first time in a very long time that Seattle hasn't disappointed me. <laughs> and see, I've been, a, I've been a Seattle sports fan pretty much my whole life, and I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm awaiting the announcement, and I just, I, this, is, this is part of being a Seattle sports fan. I'm thinking... They're going to pick the Sockeyes, aren't they? Or the Metropolitans or something dumb like that. And I was pleasantly surprised. You know, the interesting thing with this, and it's funny because when you um, when you think about it, okay, coming from where I do, I all the franchises were there before I was born. They're legacy franchises. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the the, the most recent of the m- major ones was the Flyers in nineteen sixty eight. So yeah, they've been around over fifty years. But when you look at a city like Seattle, where there are people that are still with us today that remember the very first franchise being awarded in Seattle. You know, now, of course, it's been a while it's since the mid-70s, since there was a new one awarded. But a, a lot of times when you have that new franchise, it's it's very unique to have it come from the ground up. Yes. And, and when I say that, for example, let's, let's look at Major League Baseball, okay? Major League Baseball has not had a brand new franchise since 1998. The Nationals were the Montreal Expos. Right. We're not talking relocation. We're talking ground-up, starting-from-scratch franchise. The Arizona Diamondbacks and the Tampa Bay Rays were the last ones in baseball in 1998. In 2002, the New Orleans Pelicans came into play. For basketball. For basketball, okay. In the NFL, it was the Houston Texans in 2002. So it's been 18 years. Well... Vegas Golden Knights in the NHL. Yeah, that was they, yeah, that, that was, was coming, but but they but they were announced. Yeah, you knew one another one was coming in the Pacific, and the year after the Knights played, it's when they announced Seattle was going to get its team. Yes, so you have the Knights in 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 the NHL, but it's really kind of a cool thing to see a franchise come from the ground up. And there was so much speculation about this, so much discussion about this, that I think 
most people figured that they were going to screw it up. Yeah. There were a lot of people that thought they were going to screw this up and it was going to turn, it was just going to be disappointing. Yeah. And people were going to be just go throw their hands up in the air and go, is that typical Seattle? They hit a home run with this in just about every aspect that you could. From the teaser video that came out yesterday. Yep. To going with the name that people have been going crazy about, which we'll tell you a little bit more of the, how, the, how that came into the equation in a little bit. Even the colors. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's, there, there was a lot of thought put into every aspect of this. And it, it just it really came off well. It came off really, really, really well. And there really is a palpable excitement about this announcement in the Northwest. Not everybody is happy uh, True. about the, the, the name choice. Here's the thing, though. They, they've done or they did do previously a number of different fan surveys, uh, you know, one done with the, the newspaper in Seattle and, and a couple other, you know, informal ones, mm-hmm. if you will, not necessarily done by the team. And the Kraken was always there, yeah. but it never was top. Right. Here's why I think that they went with it. There, even though it was not necessarily the number one choice, it was the name that created the most buzz. You either loved it or you hated it. Right. And in the last few months, uh, well, even going back to last year, but in the last, uh, since the beginning of this year, when there was word that they were going to, you know, maybe announce this here pretty soon. And, you know, the Kraken kind of resurfaced, pun intended, that it was a buzzy kind of a thing. Uh, Not just a cool, different kind of thing, but people were talking about it, sometimes negatively, but people were talking about it. What better thing from a marketing standpoint of a brand new franchise than to have people talking about you and your name? So... To me, I always liked that just because it was. I always liked the name Kraken because it was kind of cool, kind of different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mythological beast and all this stuff, and and it was kind of cool. But from a marketing standpoint, it made complete sense because it was the most buzzworthy name to help get them off the ground. Well, and one of the things those involved in the process talked about was they when it came down to coming up with a name and then designing a logo, they didn't want it to be cartoony. No. They didn't want it to be a caricature. They wanted it to be serious. They wanted it to be able to be something that people looked at and were like, okay. So if somebody can explain to me how you can make a sockeye logo not look cartoonish, my ears are open. But there's no way you can do that. There's no way you could you could pull something with, with kind of a wimpy fish and make it into something serious. I mean, you look at this logo, all right? You look at the S, which is a nod to the old Metropolitans. Yeah. Okay, the first franchise. You've got the tentacle that begins at the bottom of the S, works its way up around the two curves up to the top. And then you've got the red eye that sits right at the top of the S. I mean, that is very cool, very creative. It's a sharp-looking logo. You couldn't have come anywhere close to that with Sockeyes. Here's the thing about that name. And, of course, the Internet blew up right after the announcement was made. One of the one of the 
post that I found uh, interesting uh, was someone uh, – there was talk back and forth. Well, you know, they should have gone with the sockeye and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and this person writes, you've got the Vancouver Canucks to the north where part of their imagery and logo is an orca whale. To the south, you the next team is San Jose Sharks. Salmon is food for both of those franchises. <laughs> A Kraken, however, would kick the hindquarter of both of those. So I found that very interesting, you know, just the, you know, do you want a fish, you know, that is that is it's it's best it's best attribute is when it's on your plate. Yeah. You know, it, or do nothing... you want or do you want Kraken? Well, and not to mention, look, you you would be sharing your name with the name of a fictional franchise in romance novels. If there is anything more unhockey than that, I can't think of it. I mean, really, mm-hmm. it's that is so un. Now, it'd be perfectly Seattle, but it's unhockey. That's it right, is absolutely unhockey. That, that, you know, that is that is a really good distinction because, especially in the current state of Seattle, the the current position that it's in, it is kind of turning into an unhockey city right now. If you want to look at it that way. The Seattle Kraken may just very well help that city turn the corner back to some sort of respectability. You know, it's 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 a great name. It, it really, I love it. It doesn't have the traditional S at the end of it. it right. So anybody that calls it the Seattle Krakens, you, you need to go back and revisit that. Yes. It's Kraken. And can we can we just get this out of the way before we get the phone calls and before anything else? Yes, the arena will be called the Crack House. Yep. Yes, well, it's better than calling it the Climate Pledge Arena. Right. <laughs> right. You. You. Yes, all the fans will be called crackheads. Yep. Okay. And yes, the goal, uh, the net, will be called the Crack Pipes. Yep. Okay. There, we got it out of the way. Uh, one of the other things that I, I found really interesting about the announcement, well, actually from the uh, the preview video yesterday and the announcement today, is is something else very Seattle. And I, I really hope that they keep this. I, I think it was a preview of what's to come. The goal horn being one of the fairies, yes. the fairy horns, you know, the, the big, huge fairies that, you know, operate all around the Puget Sound. Mm-hmm. That was in the preview thing. And... When when a goal happens, you know you get this really robust uh, fairy horn as your goal horn. I think that's a cool little thing too. And amazingly enough, some anonymous resident in the city of Seattle deserves all of the credit for this, and only they know who they are. And, and why is that? Because the name Kraken didn't even enter the minds of anybody associated with the franchise. Oh, right. Until they showed up for the first day at their offices in Seattle. Very first day. New lock, going right in for the first day of work. And on the door, somebody wrote in a post wrote on a post-it note, release the Kraken. And the person in charge of the development said in an interview 
The name Kraken never even entered my mind or anybody else's until that post-it note. And it's like almost from the beginning, it was always there. Almost like it was destined to be there. And when, when you know, they were tossing around names, um, everybody went to the Metropolitans, you know, yeah. to the old, old way. You know, there was a bunch of, you know, Sa- Sasquatch was in that there. That would have been okay. I've been know, all right with that Things one. like that. And Kraken kind of was, somebody put it on there. Maybe it was the same staff member that put the post-it note on. But nobody really talked about it. And here we are, how many months later, and we're talking about the Seattle Kraken. 547 509-547-1610. If you'd like to email the show, you can do that. Go to the website, 610kona.com, the bottom line page. Send us your question or your comment. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back to the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Happy Thursday afternoon. Robin Ed hanging with you. Got a few emails we want to share with you. And we will begin with Brock listening to us. Appreciate it. Notice Jay Inslee's exempted people from paying rent, but he doesn't offer to pay the owner of the rental for the missed payments. Tightwad. He's not interested in keeping the state running. Have a great day. And you know, Brock, it's interesting you bring that up. I was thinking the same thing. He's he's giving everybody relief in this avenue. But yet, what kind of relief is he giving any of the small business owners? Zero. None. They still have to play other stuff. Larry and Kennewick says, sorry, guys, this is clearly a racist dog whistle of a name. Kraken, obviously meaning crackers. Must be owned by racist white people. Doesn't <laughs> she? Thank See, you, Larry. Larry, we were having fun, not being, you know, not talking about any kind of tensions or viruses or nothing, and you had to go there. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, there are, and I will say this, thankfully, they settled on a name before things got crazy over there. Yeah. Because over the last five months, you've got a plethora of new names that you could have just thrown into the mix for the for the franchise well yeah you could i mean you know before you had the you know people would goof around and call it you know the seattle syringes or uh you know something along those lines but now you've got um you could call it the seattle autonomous zone well i've already you've you and i have both have already seen a meme um playing off of the seattle kraken yes the seattle karens yeah which is kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Here's the, you know, and, and, and in all seriousness, with all of the names that were being tossed around, there was one that I thought maybe they might go down, and I'm being serious, that I thought they might go down with... Um, Seattle Sheep? No, oh. no, I'm being serious, that there was there was a name that was being considered, and thankfully, and maybe the current social climate steered him away from it anyway and that's the totems i mean seriously i mean people that aren't triggered easily will will notice that you know the totems are synonymous with northwest native american yeah, tribes it's been used as a name before it has but can you imagine 
the amount of triggering that was going to oh, go especially on. Especially since the Redskins just... Uh, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. On the heels of the Redskins uh, ditching that name, um, then uh, going down that road, I don't... Anyway, <laughs> let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today? Okay, didn't want to hang call back. Five four seven one six ten. Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, you know, I'm glad that things have worked out the way they did for yes, the hockey I am team. Uh, the jersey's pretty cool looking. Yeah. I, if there's if there's only one little thing that I it there's just a lot of blue. There's a lot yeah. of blue. I mean, a different shades of blue. Even yeah. though it's different mm-hmm. shades of blue. It's a lot of blue. See, and blue is my favorite color. You gotta have you gotta have some blue. I think what they're they, the seventeenth NHL team that's got blue. I I understand that, but if you're gonna go with the Kraken, you gotta have a water theme. I get that, but and, it doesn't necessarily have to be blue. I mean, think about this. Well, no, no, it doesn't have to be blue. Okay. Think about this, okay? What is the traditional color that you've seen the Kraken? The that the usually how it's of the the beast itself. Oh, uh, green, yeah, you okay, green, yeah, okay. You can incorporate the emerald green, the emerald city, the red that was used, and black for the dark, deepest depths. I get it of of the ocean. The the black emerald that to me that would have popped a lot more. The blue, yes, it's very maritime, but to me, it kind of kind of dulls it down a little bit. Dulls cracking down a little bit. I, I hear you. I mean, we talked about the natural rivalry that's going to be with Vancouver and the Canucks. That's a regional rivalry. That'll be good. Certainly when the Sharks come to town, Sharks and Kraken. I cannot wait for the New York Islanders and their wimpy little fishermen to come to town. The Kraken will eat that fisherman alive. It'll be, it'll be, oh, you know how many Captain Ahab jokes are going to be made. Exactly. Especially if they kept that old logo, the Gordon Fisherman logo. That's what I'm talking about. Back with more after this.